Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello and welcome. This is Denise Michaels. Today is December 23, 2015. Merry Christmas to myself. As I listen back to this, I am here with Todd Allen Kudebeck, and today our topic is transformation. And we just started to talk a little bit about transformation in light of these videos that you posted on your Facebook page. So anyway, take it away, Todd. Well, I was just starting to say, you know, those those videos really made me think, and and they made me think along the lines that you were thinking, too, is is this, this is... This is really, you know, for some people, this could be too much, and they they would just click it off, or, or this would be too much for them to handle. Um, I but, just don't want them to click you off. Right. No. Like like totally. build that relationship of trust with them, and then introduce this kind of idea. Right. And it's not that it's my idea; it was more me just sharing the idea, and I, and I really didn't make any comments that that portrayed my viewpoint or or portrayed what what how I looked at it. I just, you know, all I wrote was, wow, this is pretty interesting. Um, right. It's just that whenever you post something, unless you say, like, isn't this awful, you know, I hate Donald Trump or whatever, you know, or, or Hillary Clinton or whatever, it comes across as you're espousing this. You know, that's how it comes across in social media. You know, and I just want you to get more and more and more people into your funnel. And if these are some of the ideas that you want to share, and it doesn't matter that they're they're not your original ideas, you know, as time goes on, you'll put your Todd Kudabak spin on them, you know, and, and how it matters today. Um, um, well, I think you hit, the nail on the, you hit the nail right on the head in, 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 in that you know, you have to ease into some of those ideas. So beginning with the thoughts and ideas that are in Life Mastery Keys, you know, starts to take you down that journey in in connecting with Source in a way that, you know, the God thing isn't isn't so prevalent as being a ultimate being out there somewhere in the universe looking down on us, directing traffic and judging us. Right. 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 So, I, I I know when you know when people will ask me about like what religion are you or something, I'll say, you know, I'm really big on God. I'm not real big on organized religion. Yeah. That's well, kind of my like one sentence way of explaining it. God is a representation of the, the guide of the divine. You know, that's what God is. It's the guidance of the divine and that divine right ultimate spirit out there is, you know, nature, it's the planet, it's everything and anything all around us and each one of us all wrapped up into one. So God is, God is all, right? God is um, in everything. 
for them to correlate those things with astrology, you know, it just made me think, no wonder they were so intrigued with tracking the stars and tracking the moon. And, um, you know, this was a part of their culture. And this is where their mythologies and their beliefs came from. You know, it, it, it was from the sky and the sun setting and re, re being reborn again. And, um, it, it just gave me a whole new subset of ideas of, of bringing those thoughts forward in, in a tactful way. I thought it was done very tactfully and the way that the guy did it just made so much sense. I was just, no, I was, I was loving watching it. Um, Tell me this. Now I'm feeling behind the eight ball because I only listened to, only watched one and didn't watch all three of them. <laughs> I, I don't know why I didn't see that, that that it was a series of three. But at any rate, how would you say, um, what, what would you say is like the biggest aha that you got from watching the series of three videos? I think I, just just the understanding of, first off, why I was so attracted and am attracted to what the ancients thought. You know, what 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 did they study? What did they understand that made them think and create the things that they created and and practice the practices that they had? Um, so that's sort of a historical study. How do you feel that has or does it have any bearing on your day-to-day life? Because, you know, every, everybody's it, like, what's in it for me, right? Sure. But it just put me into alignment even more with what it is that I do believe. And, you know, that that God is really the all-encompassing universe. And it's the all, it's the spirit. There, there really is, there really isn't a God. There's no separation. There's no separation. Right. Right? It's, right? it's all the same. It's all the same God, but it's different variations and permutations depending on the culture, the area of the world, all that. That's that's what I think, anyway. You know. Right. And and for man, you know, there's a there's a time when, you know, Constantine needed to have something to help keep the masses in check. You know, he needed he needed to create a belief system because. He recognized that, you know, we're spiritual beings and that we need some kind of belief system. So in creating this belief system, he could control the masses. So, yeah, so they wanted to kind of like rein people in. But what they did was is they went, they went and rehashed what the Egyptians already knew and what the Egyptians did and were a success at. Only they rolled their own and created this godhead and and this ultimate being when where the Egyptians you know the sun was the ultimate god that right. was their god and so for millennia the Egyptians worked with this and it worked it worked for their culture so you know Constantine and in, in all of his inf- infamous wizards that he had creating this religion and taking all of these texts and putting them together with with that object in mind. When you say creating this religion, do you mean Catholicism or Christianity or I think just Christianity as a whole. I don't know that they created the religion. I think they created a text to give to people to give them some form or some 
something to believe in, something to guide them in their belief system. Okay. okay. I think the religions were then created out of that. And, you know, the, there's a supply and a demand, right? There wouldn't, if there wasn't a demand for something like that, there's no way that the supply would have ever come into being. Right, right. right? Have you ever... I, I'm sorry, finish your thought. I was just going to say that... So now we've come... You know, we're starting to move into the age of Aquarius, and that's exactly what those other two videos will explain. And, oh, my gosh, okay. Denise, when you watch that, you're just going to get... You know what? You... You know I'm an Aquarius, right? Yeah. Well, no, I didn't. But okay. Rightfully yeah. so. I mean, oh my gosh, I, I'm getting goosebumps now just reliving this video because I've I've only watched it once, and I'm just like, okay, later on tonight I'm going to watch the entire thing again. But anyway, so we're we're moving into this age, and it's it's time for new, and it's time for a new understanding, and. What took me back was something that I think Geronimo said it, or one of the one of the famous Native Americans said, "There will be a day when the white man comes back to the red man ways." Right, you said that before, and that's always hung in me for some reason, and mostly probably because I'm part Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's part of, I think, now what is starting to evolve is, you know, we're shooting rockets into where heaven is and we're drilling holes down into where hell is. And it's it's just not working for people anymore. This this organized religious text is more of a astrological prediction book, not a, even a prediction book is, as much as it is an astrological um document so so i'm going to ask you a question to challenge you and then i have a couple thoughts to share myself because this is this this conversation is going into a a a really fascinating direction okay so if if it's all one right god is all there is right and and it's all it's all the same god i don't care if you call it christian or Jewish or whatever, it's all the same God. It's just been split up into all this different stuff depending on, you and know, ego. Um, history and ego and, and that kind of stuff, right? So if that's true and you believe we're coming together, okay, why ISIS? Like, is that like the last vestiges of hanging on to the idea of this exclusivity and 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 uh, trying to pull people to your uh, ancient is, outmoded belief system, or what? It, what is that? That and it's part of their belief system not to believe anything other than what they've been taught. Right? It, it explicitly states in the Quran that there is no other way but this way, and whatever. It says, whatever that, it says that in the Bible. It says that in the Jewish text. It says that you know. Exactly. So right. And and and. There's been instances, and it's just craziness of of ISIS destroying ancient temples and blowing up. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the videos of them desecrating just ancient sites with the thought that you know that's old stuff. We don't need to explore that. What what we need to believe is what we believe today. So, um, what I've heard because I've seen these 
videos of them, you know, taking sledgehammers to ancient statues and stuff like that. What I've heard is what they're desecrating in the videos are fakes, and they've sold the real ones on the black market somewhere. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> you know, because they're very money-hungry. They're, they're money-grubbing. Yeah. yeah. Could very well be. Right. Could very, very well be. But we've seen that in history. You know, the book burnings of the Nazis and the destruction of the, the Great Library of Alexandria. I mean, it, 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 it's, a, it's a thing that societies do to keep in control. Right. So I want to ask you a question, and then we're going to actually get into the couple of things that you have in the outline, is because you were talking about Constantine kind of shaping thing, things. Have you ever heard the term divine rights of kings? Divine lights of kings. Divine rights. Like oh, divine rights, rights of kings. Uh-uh. Constitutional rights or whatever. Okay. So back in medieval times, maybe before in Europe, okay, the kings were not just the people who governed and ruled. They were also considered the spiritual deity for the area. Okay, you know, which is which is one of the reasons why we have separation of church and state in the United States, you know, but the king would stand up in the castle turret or whatever it was and talk to the people. And he would say, you know, and of course, all the people were like poor and paying the king taxes and all that kind of stuff. And they would say, I know that you're poor and you're paying taxes and all of those things, and life is hard, but believe me, it's so hard being the ruler and everything, and you'll get your reward in heaven, Mm -hmm. right? And he would say, you might be poor, but at least you're happy, you know, and he would talk about how hard it was to be king and all this, you know. And so we have this belief system that's, that's come from that time you know, over a millennia ago, that rich people are not really happy. Okay, that came from divine rights of kings, you know, and also the idea that you may be poor, but you'll get your reward later in heaven, right? right? That's come down from over a millennia ago, and the whole idea was to keep them in line and to keep them paying taxes to the king, right? because otherwise the king and his authority would crumble, right? Yeah. You know, but it's the same thing of like keeping people in line under the auspices of God because the king was considered God in that area. And they knew that. They and but our anarchy would result. I mean, right. you, you had to have some kind of mechanism to to keep them together. Right. 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 So, okay. Good. We're on the same we're on the same page with a lot of this. I just have to watch two more videos. <laughs> Anyway, all right, so our topic today is transformation, which we've kind of been talking about already. And the first thing here on your outline is it says understanding there's more, huge possibilities. And, I mean, I really see the book that you've written as really kind of like, um, well, let me say the book that you've authored um, as kind of a starting place for transformation and personal growth. Yeah, I, I think right. I think that we're serving that purpose eloquently. To tell you the truth, I think so. 
transformation to me is is using the life keys that we've presented to unlock doors to realize that there's more there's a huge potential and and to help with exploring the self which in understanding that then opens up more doors and the the transformation you know it's alchemy basically so there's an alchemy that goes on in our bodies that helps us to connect with our spirit even more and once that connection starts to occur and we start to we start to realize that it's it's not about us or that it's not you know that our ego is is driving us and we learn to put a throttle on our ego and get our ego to work for us and we start to connect with that inner spirit which is part of source which or which I believe is the source I think we're all connected in that way I don't I don't necessarily buy into there's individual spirit I think we're all part of that larger spirit there could be individuality but you know just dissolving that duality and and moving into a connection with the source that provides us everything that we need is is the huge is the is the huge transformation that occurs when we start to look at things like you know what's our purpose and understanding why we're here and using our gifts and and you know how gratitude works in our lives and how that opens up the door of abundance all of these little keys that we've gotten given and talked about open doors that then lead us to this transformation to a better life, to a better understanding of life, to a better understanding of ourselves. So um, you use the term alchemy. And I know alchemy is kind of connected with wizards and you have a fascination with wizardry and, and you know, working it into the subtitle alchemy, or something. Alchemy, alchemy. alchemy was code, to tell you the truth. And in my research, this is what I've discovered. Alchemy was code for a spiritual exploration when when it was not looked highly upon to be exploring things other than what religion taught. That's fascinating. That's the first time I've ever heard that because I always think of alchemy in the scientific terminology, which meant to take completely different elements and find a way to turn them into gold. Right, and, and it, that was... To me, that there's a couple different schools of thought, but it was all code in in what alchemists were really trying to accomplishment accomplish, and that was the exploration of themselves and God. Exploring within, yeah, and, and, and of was, course, tra- traditional was, religions really eschew that, like you know, time. and you could be put to death, you know, things that things that. Um, um, da Vinci were doing and Galileo and you know that they were all exploring alchemy in trying to understand the inner workings and who God was and all of these things 
And, and that was the code word. So alchemy is really the transformation of dull objects into shiny ones. So dull, uh, uh, an element of lead, a dull, dingy material into gold. Right. Well, the, trans- the, the dynamic transformation alchemy of your is- mind could be seen in the same way. Exactly. And that's the way I look at it. It's the transformation yeah. of dull, dingy life into the shiny, bright, brilliance. And and a life that just you know is full of abundance. That's the gold. I mean, you're happy. You're you you have all that you need, and then some. And, and you know where to get more, and how to get more, and how to understand how to do that. When my husband and I uh, went to Spain earlier this year, we went to a museum that was all about the inventions of Leonardo da Vinci. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of cool. Anyway, so um, next there's thing you have really here. There's a really cool one in Rome. What's that? There's a really cool one in Rome. I'm sure it's even bigger, you know, because so, that's kind of where he worked was in Italy. So um, believing it's possible, what, what do you feel your readers need to know about believing everything that you've expressed in the book? Well, that's a huge transformation for a lot of people is – you know, just the the self, the negative self talk, and and you know, not not being, you know, just thinking the, that their their job is their job, and and not really wanting to do better, and they get caught in these in these daily humdrums and the daily grind, and so transformation, the the transformation process really instills in a person that confidence that they need to try new things, to push themselves beyond the edge of their own becoming and, and to really get out there. And, you know, it, it's only through the exploration of self and, and growth and personal growth and understanding how a lot of the, 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 the keys that we've talked about work in our lives that we begin to believe and understand that anything's possible. It's so possible that sometimes it scares me to to take a step because I know it will come true. And, and I really have to step back and think, is this really what I want? Mm-hmm. That's where you get into the battle. So you, you start to, you start to get into this transformation now of, of understanding this and, and that self, that inner self, that, that inner confidence and that inner connection with source. And you, you, you start to go back and forth, right? Like a ping pong ball, Oh my gosh, this is this is like way too much for me to handle, and um, and you keep pushing forward and keep pushing until you really, really do believe that anything's possible. It never King Solomon was a perfect example of you know King Solomon wanted it all, and and he wanted he wanted to know all the magic of the universe, and he wanted and so he really pushed and pushed and pushed. And ultimately, he went insane because his nervous system could not handle all of the knowledge that he acquired. It never ends, does it, Todd? You know what I mean? It's like you never stop growing. There's always a hill to climb. And and that's part of... The next higher peak, the next higher... Right. There's three phases to transformation. There's transformation, trans transmutation and transgression. No, transgression would be going backwards. Would be going backwards, yeah, yeah. There's three T's. There's three 
the parts of it. But the ultimate, the ultimate goal is, is you know, you you move on. You make that tran. Oh, I guess it'd be transition. Because now, like you said, you know, the body no longer serves your soul, and it can now be rejoined to source. And, and bring all of the knowledge that it had acquired and understood while it was attached to a body back to the source. Did I lose you? No, I'm right here. I'm right here. I keep hearing all these beeps and funky. Oh. No, you know what it is? I looked on uh, Cortana, you know, three parts of transformation to see if it had. So you said transformation, transmutation, and transition. Transition. There it is. Yeah, like even the, the terminology trans means to change. Like we got transgender. You know that right. that has kind of been big in the news this year. You know, um, but I mean the but that whole um, sub part of the word is about change. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know if people just grabbed a little bit of what we talked about in this book and, and started to practice it, they would notice it in their lives too. It, 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 it is truly a magical transformation and a magical experience. And not only that, it leads you to study, just like for myself, you know, although I've always, since I was a little kid, I had a fascination with Egypt and the pyramids and just ancient Egypt, so I can't really say that, but... But as I began to transform and have a, a higher understanding of spirituality and, and how I was connected, I couldn't get enough of understanding wizards and, and um, ancient beliefs and how it all tied together. And, and, oh my gosh, I can't tell you enough how much this video has me just thinking about all kinds of cool things. <laughs> We've talked enough about the video, Denise, but we won't talk about it. Yeah, no, <laughs> That's okay. I'm not going to refer to the videos, but I think what I can do after I watch the whole thing is introduce the idea that there are a lot of people who believe that all this stuff, you know, when you boil it all down, it's really all the same, you know. Totally. So, and it which all I've came. believed for many years, you know. It's just, you know what's really interesting to me, Denise, is that I, I came across those videos today on a day that I was talking to Denise Michaels about transformation, and it's just like, whoa, this is, be careful yeah. what you asked for. Yeah. You know, you were talking about how we're all connected, and when I was five years old, that's a little kid, right? You know, like maybe in kindergarten, I used to say, well, all of us, our feet are touching the earth, and the earth is all connected, so we're all connected. Yeah. When I was five years old, I used to say stuff like that, you know. So, I mean, which is really oversimplified, but just that idea of being all connected, you know. You want to know so, what I did when I was five years old? What did you do? I can remember this vividly. I would, so like at family gatherings, I would sneak out of the room and then peek around the corner to find out what people were doing while I wasn't there to interact with them. And some more. I had this thought that it was all about me, right? So Sure, every kid does. So while I wasn't in the room, what were people doing waiting for me to come into the room? (laughs) Right? (laughs) You know what I mean? 
were they just like waiting for me to come back and then they'd start up again and do whatever it is they were doing? You know, what were people doing while I wasn't there? It kind of, it's kind of weird, but it's more like, like maybe they were talking about you or something. No, 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 no. Yeah, or you know, what were what were they doing while they were waiting for me to come back into the room because it was all about me, right? And so whatever whatever they were supposed to be doing while I was in the room, then what were they doing while I wasn't in the room waiting for me to come back in the room? <laughs> I remember my parents every once in a while, you know, we're going back to like the 60s and 70s. They would have dinner parties and they had this, they, you know, they were high school sweethearts. You know, they didn't get married till a couple of years after high school, but, you know, they had like these friends, like these four couples, and each one would give a dinner party every few months, so my parents would. And I remember sitting at the top of the stairs listening to all the conversations. Yeah. You know, as a little kid in my PJs with the little footies. Right. <laughs> anyway, all right. So um, the next thing you have here on the list, all right, and you need to really talk about this because, you know, it says explore yourself being anointed by a magic wizard. <laughs> Did I really say? That? Well, that might be getting kind of deep, but you know, we all. I think what I was referring to was just finding somebody that can help teach us, right? Or that can help can help guide us and 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 confer with what it is that we're experiencing or, you know, somebody, because it is kind of spooky to take off on your own if you don't know how to do that, or it's kind of spooky to have the kinds of thoughts about, you know, your connectedness to one source and, and just that transition from that Godhead into thinking that as so above, so below type of thing. So just are you having, saying, maybe, are you saying maybe they need a guide? Is that guide Todd Kudabak, by chance? Right. 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 Okay. That's, That's maybe what, what we were thinking. So, or, you know, somebody to get us started. Now, what I don't want to, what I really don't want, and my teachers told me this too, two of them, Alan Cohen and Mary Man and Morrissey, is, you know, they, they didn't want to be gurus. And they don't want to be gurus. They don't. That's not what their purpose is. Their purpose is more to shine the light well, here's my purpose. So my purpose is to shine the light on the path that leads others to the fire that sparks the fire in their own heart. That's my purpose. I wrote that years ago. Say it, say it once more. So I mean, it's on the stage, but I want to hear it again. Purpose, my purpose is to light the path that leads others to the fire that sparks a fire in their heart. Cool. So that kind of goes back to people of the world, can you hear me? People of the world, can you hear me? You're right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What's the being anointed by the magic wizard? I know you have kind of like a uh, a connection with the idea of wizards and wizardry and and all of that. What is the well, being anointed think, You know, the, a wizard back in ancient times was a person of source. Right. The true, uh, 
sorcerer, a sorcerer was a person of source. And then religion got a hold of it, and you know that was bad juju. That was bad stuff. So it, they kind of made it a negative. Became a cult, like a sorcerer was a bad guy. He he practiced things that were not not okay with religion, right? Right. So to me, a wizard is a wizard is a person that takes all of these keys and opens up the doors and finds a magical life. I think that we all have the capability of being of of doing of being modern day wizards. I mean, of being the wizard wizard in our own life, but it's great to have a guide to get you started and that guide is Todd. And that guide is the one that anoints you into your life. Right, right. Right. Okay. So exploring yourself. You've talked about your own journey in our conversations numerous times, you know. What would you say to your readers will be the benefits of exploring themselves and embarking upon their own journey of discovering their own magic wizard within, whether they do it with the help or if they do it on their own? Um, say that again. I was hearing some noises. I think I got oh, it. I don't think I could repeat it. <laughs> Let me try it again. What would you say to your reader is the benefit of exploring and discovering themselves, okay, and kind of going within and finding that wizard within, whether they do it themselves or if they do it with the um, support and guidance of a magic wizard like Todd Kudabak. Well, I think, I think the, I think that the 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 wizard that anoints them just helps guide them down a path that that, that they set themselves. Really, I mean, in in just helping them to understand, you know, how important it is to find your purpose and have a direction, and to you know, understand what's important to you and to explore, you know, what are some of the things that you've agreed to that you really haven't agreed to? Mm-hmm. Like we, all, we all have a certain amount of pre-programming that's done by our parents and our past lives and our kindergarten teacher and our high school teachers, and we might not have ever given ourselves a chance to agree to that. We've just agreed. So I, I think that just starting down the path of exploration of oneself begins to unlock who we really are and why we're really here. And what matters. And and yeah, what matters to us really is it's not what mattered to my parents, it's what matters to me. Why am I doing this? Should I be doing this? Is this something that I want to do? As you started doing that, would you say there were things that you found in your life that you went, why the heck am I doing that? I don't want that. My parents wanted that. Or my, you know, the community I was raised in wanted that. Did you find those things? I think that I found, well, religion is one. You know, I was raised a Presbyterian and then grew up in a Catholic household. So I didn't really buy into all of that. But yet it was a part of my understanding. It was a part of my belief, right? It, 
And until I really began to explore what it was that I believed and what it is that I could believe and and how it was that things really worked and how things came to be, then I was able to formulate what it is that I really believe in. Right. Just so, just so I have sort of a context, did you have a fair amount of religious education with like Sunday school or catechism? Yeah. When I was a little kid, sure. When I was okay. a little kid, I went to Sunday school every Sunday. And when I was a teenager, I grew up in a Catholic household, and it was a serious Catholicism. I mean, the the preacher from the church down the street was at our house every Saturday night drinking wine with my stepdad. I mean. You know, and and talk about being being uncomfortable in a room. So here was a man of man of the man of God, man of the cloth. Yeah, hanging out at my house, shooting the breeze with my stepdad, and and putting away a bottle of wine. It was like, oh, uh, you know, what's this all about? And you know, not that I, it just wasn't a place I would hang out, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did you start to see sort of hypocrisy in that? I don't know that I saw hypocrisy more than um, just confusion and trying to understand and, right. and yet yet realizing that this guy was a human. You know? right. how, how old were you? Uh, like how long did you do the, the catechism? Like when did that like wrap up for you? Well, I really didn't. My sister went to parochial school, and I didn't. And then I joined the United States Marine Corps. But did you do it, like, all the way through high school, the catechism stuff? No, I didn't. It wasn't until after the Marine Corps that I was came home, and I think I was just happened to be... I was pretty close with my mom after the Marine Corps. I mean... Um, and And she went through catechism officially... Right, and she wanted me to go with through it with her. And did you so, do that? Uh, huh? Did you do that? I did. Every Wednesday night, I went to classes, and then I just didn't do the final. Um, like confirmation or something. I didn't do the confirmation. Yeah, I just I didn't show up that day. Okay. Okay. Uh, um. So. I'm trying to remember back, did I do that because my mom was doing it or was I doing it because I was curious and it was probably, you know, probably 50-50. Okay. okay. But I didn't know. See, I I didn't, I didn't know. I'd always, I'd been raised a Boy Scout. I was in the United States Marine. I'm a United States American. I, well, I'm an American. And in God we trust and... um. The Pledge of Allegiance, I mean, God was just God, God. It was just everywhere. And so for me to try and wrap my mind around that thought and that idea, I needed to explore. And everything that I explored just didn't jive. It was was standard organized religion. There wasn't much else beyond that to explore, I suppose. There was nothing. Until I met Mary, I had no idea about metaphysics. I... You know, in the Marine Corps, I studied Einstein and transcendental meditation, but I really had no understanding of true metaphysics and and just the the, the understanding as uh, of the all, okay. that whole concept. Okay. 
And it really yeah. wasn't until I got into the 12 steps that I really started to chew that up and really, really dug into it. I started asking a lot of questions really early. I don't know, I might have told you this, maybe I didn't, but when I was 13, I died on the operating table. Hmm. You know? Um, I had a lot of problems as, as a kid with my ears and stuff, and they just kept getting worse and worse and everything. I'm hard of hearing, you know. Right. So, um, at any rate, I have good, good hearing on my right, lousy hearing on my left. But anyway, um, and one of those surgeries, I died on the operating table, you know. And after that happened, it was like I started questioning everything. Right. And somehow I managed to get out of the catechism after that um, my parents were very Catholic, you know, holy, I used to call them the holy roller Catholics. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to join this, the, the actually, yeah, I wanted to, that was uh, seventh grade, right, when I turned 13 and everything. Anyway, well, I was in a new school, and I wanted to join the ski club. You know, this is in Michigan and everything. Right. And mom, but ski club is the same night as catechism, you know. And she said, you know what? You're smart. You'll get your religious education. You need some new friends. Go join the ski club, you know. Right. So, which is kind of surprising, really, when you right. think my mom went through 12 years of Catholic school. But it, it there was, you know, I don't who knows, but um, something about that experience and the fact that that sort of, standard organized religious education stopped, sort of gave me the space to start asking a lot of questions, you know. So anyway, all right. So um, next thing it says, get in alignment with purpose and click with principle. I'll say that again. Get in alignment with purpose and click with principle. We have already talked about purpose. We did, you know, like chapter two. I think or way, way back when was all about purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess we want to put kind of a finishing note on that. And so talk with me about the idea of getting in alignment with purpose and clicking with principle. I'm not sure about what I was thinking when clicking with principle, but, you know, once... <laughs> yeah, me neither, but, I, but I like getting in alignment with purpose. I really like that. Once you get in alignment with your purpose, it's like it's like the floodgates open. It's like <clears throat> everything begins to click into place, <clears throat> and and really magical things happen that really require no effort. And and things and opportunities appear at the right time. Um, you, you, there's a day you talk about transformation and you you watch a transformational video series. I mean, just those kinds of things. And I'll tell you, Denise, those things happen in my life on a daily basis. And that's kind of what I gauge whether or not I'm on purpose or not. You know, another huge part of transformation is realizing that a part of your life is in service to others. Mm-hmm. When you when you come to that realization, I mean, that's huge. And, and for me, Toastmasters is, is, is in total service. Part, everything that I do in the Toastmasters program is in service to 4,000 other members in the district that I serve. Right, completely. 
com- completely because it, it's all volunteer and you know I, it's all nonprofit. It's it's just amazing the the satisfaction that you get from doing things and and these the things that I do are not recognized. I mean it's you know the things I'm doing in the background are not in the limelight. Right? right? Most of those 4,000 members have no idea who I am or what I'm doing. They just know the name, and that's the position, right? They have no idea what, what's going on. But yet, but yet that's, that's huge for me. And how is it huge for you? And just knowing that I'm helping making a difference, and there's no return for me other than being in, uh, in service, and I know that Source will provide me with more abundance in my life because of the service that I'm doing. The ultimate in philanthropy is doing it without other people knowing. Big time. Right? But 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 try and tell that to a 30-year-old or a 35-year-old or... Yeah, because now the whole thing is to turn it into a whole PR thing if you give money to somebody else. Right, and you make it a big deal, and da 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 da, and it's not. So when you, it's a transformation when you come to into that realization that it's really not about you. It's about making a difference in other people's lives without the recognition. Right, right, going right. that extra mile for others without them even knowing you're doing it. And then there's a realization, too, that, you know, walking down the street with a smile on my face and smiling at people, one of those people could be a doctor that I just totally changed his attitude that's going to operate on a three-year-old girl, and because he's now changed his attitude, you know, it's going to be a successful aspiration or something along those lines. There's an old teaching story that that talks about that, but you you, you just never know how or who you're going to influence in the positive by you being in the positive. There are commercials. I don't think they're running them right now, but they're running them for quite a while um, for an insurance company called Liberty Mutual. I think it was Liberty Mutual. And it was about this idea of paying it forward. Right. You know, and it's like you do something nice, and then they do for somebody, and then they do something nice for somebody else, and then they do something else for nice for somebody else, and it just all kind of comes full circle. It's just amazing, and it, you know, the part, the other part that we want to talk about with this transformation and this whole understanding is, you know, what goes away is anger and aggression and judgment, and oh, you could list off a whole slug of of negative attributes that we as humans easily utilize. Or fall into. Right. But once we go through a a spiritual transformation, let's call it, you know, we get compassionate. We get even more compassion. We understand love. We understand the differences of other people. We understand their opinions matter. We we learn to listen more than make our points. And so that, that to me is a total, total transformation. That's, that's dynamic alchemy at work in its finest 
is is that realization that there's another way to look at the world. Right. That's what's going to change the world. It's not it's not through government agendas. Right. I, and yeah. Right. You know, in the last um maybe just the last few weeks I've seen two psychologists on TV being interviewed and sort of in reaction to, like, what creates people who become radicalized, what creates people who go off and, you know, we used to use the term go postal, you know, um, and all those things. And who knows, this stuff might not change at all. But in both instances, they said, we need to be a lot more kind. And education. I think education is another huge part of it, although it's my understanding that a lot of those people in France were very educated. Oh, the people who were like in the concert hall or whatever? Well, the people that did the deeds or did the acts, you know, they were, right. they were well, highly they educated. Didn't, they, didn't, they didn't come from poverty either. Right. You know, they came from middle class, upper middle class backgrounds. But I guess what I'm saying is what sort of creates the kind of person who goes over the edge and is attractive to something that's negative. And it, it starts from feeling isolated and separate from other people, which is really easy to do when, you know, so many people live in social media and they don't smile at everybody, anybody because they're constantly looking at their smartphone, you know. And I think that video games make life look very expendable because they keep running the same video over and over and over again of people blowing up, you know. Right. I think yeah, there's a huge, huge sickness, and, and it's all in it's all in an evolution. But I think that. There are a lot of, especially in my during my with my radio show, you know, there's a lot of people out there with some cool ideas that that can help turn this around, and they're modern ideas, and you know, it's just a matter of time before they get popular. Right, right. So the last thing on here, and you already talked about this, so this is just, you know, if you want to add anything to it. Um, it says alchemy, changing a dull, dingy life into a bright, magical experience. Yeah, we, I think we, we we hit on that. Okay. Yeah, I do too. I just wanted to see if there was anything else you wanted to add. So anyway, oh my God, I can't believe we've done this since when did we start? Like early, like end of June or something? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh no, no, no. this is part of the process. Oh yeah, it's this is you know. cool. Right, right. Crazy. Well, at any rate, um, the process isn't done. Um, I am working on the relationships chapter, and I just wanted to say to you that um, just because of where you're at in your life, I don't want it to come across as negative. Yeah, no, totally. You know? Right? Totally. So, I... at any rate, I just kind of want your permission on that to give those, here are smart things to do before you sure. dive in and, you know, walk down the aisle or something. Exactly. But on the I other hand, I want to what make, you think with that. make sure it sounds positive. Yeah. So, anyway, okay, good. 
good, good. Um, yeah, I, w- I wanted to make sure I said that to you. So um, I'm going to suggest that we meet again. Um, we don't have these chapters to do. We're, you know, we're cool on that. But I'm going to be gone next week. I'm going to be in Portland next week. Cool. Um, and, yeah, my husband and I are considering the possibility of moving there. Oh, you wow. Know? So lots of but cool people there. So. I know. I know. We've been there in the summer a few times, but I thought, you know what, we can't make a decision to move there until we've been there in the winter. Right. You know? So we're staying at you know the Hilton Neela, downstairs. Don't you? you know Neela? What's that? Are Are you a friend of Neela's? Neela, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so we're we're gonna leave. We're gonna fly out of here on Monday, and then we'll come home on Friday. And it's just to see, like, can we handle it? <laughs> you know, that's really. Well, you should you should take a day or something and and just come up and check out Seattle. I don't I don't know what's more appealing. Portland. We've been we've been to both a few times. Oh, yeah? Okay. You know, I I really like the Willamette River running through the middle of the of the city in Portland. You know, I I like kind of the weirdness of Portland that kind of appeals to me. You know, so <laughs> anyway, it it just does. Now, you know, there's this. You've probably seen pictures of this somewhere. There's this uh, side of a building where somebody painted, you know, kind of like a mural. And it says, keep Portland weird. (laughs) I like that. But what I was thinking we could do is meet in a couple weeks and maybe talk more about final steps in terms of the manuscript as I finish the last couple chapters. And also our last meeting, we talked more about sort of marketing and promoting and things like that. And I thought we could have maybe a couple more meetings, depending on how you're feeling. um, just to kind of continue that conversation on promoting and all that good stuff. So what do you think in January 7th? We'll tentatively set? Yeah, hang on. Let me pull up my calendar here just a second. That's, yeah, I mean, that's that. Okay, so January 7th would be a Thursday. Uh, yeah, I could do it. Our regular time has been 6 o'clock, but this time yep. you moved it back to 5.30. Yeah, I have a podcast that I'm doing at 7. So. Okay, so you want to make it 5.30 again? No, 6 is fine if that works for you. 6 is okay. Okay. Either one. okay, so once I finish the chapters, it's like continuing to meet with you to just talk about where this is going and stuff like that. That's right. easy. It's the chapter writing that's the huge, you know, <laughs> huge deal. Well, I think you only have two to do. That's it. That's it. Well, you're probably almost done with relationships, but this would be the last one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, location is talk to. Okay, good save. All right, you, sir, how did it go back to 8 o'clock in the morning? That's not cool. That's not what I'm running. (laughs) Done. Save. Okay, now it's in for the right time. Okay, good. Well, have a wonderful Christmas. What do you you got any special Christmas plans or anything? Uh, just head over to my mom's, hang out with my kids, and back at it. The new year starts, and it's time for a, a, a new beginning. The new, brand new baby year will start. And have you? Are you somebody who writes down goals and everything for the new year? 
I create visions. Okay. Uh, okay. So now with the book, I'm 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 kind of going to revamp and do some different things with the show. Um, the book will be out. I'll be the number one dude in District Two in July, uh, which would be just a perfect time to have a book because right out of the gate, you know, there's four thousand people that want to know who I am, and and so there's four thousand books that I know would sell right off the bat. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, well, that would be great. That would be awesome. So, all righty, sir. Um, I will talk to you in a couple of weeks. And have a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. Yeah, I'll talk um, to you next year. That's what I'll do. I'll see you on the flip-flop, as they used to say. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Denise. All right. Thank you. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.